welcome to the Guitar Omni Podcast. I'm Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Each episode, we'll chat with a featured guest from the classical guitar world. Candid conversations, unique experiences, and career observations from the people who best know the guitar. This is your master class in life and the guitar. For more information and past episodes, please visit ColumbusClassicalGuitar.com or see Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook. So our guest is Dr. Cammie Rowan. She is the guitar teacher at Guilford College in Greensboro, North Carolina. And I understand that's it. That's an endowed chair. Congratulations. Oh, thank um, you. She's, she's also the director of the Eastern Music Festival and the uh, co-creator of the U.S. Guitar Orchestra. And pretty busy sitting on boards of nonprofits, which is a, a cause that she feels very deeply about. And that's awesome and something we can certainly talk about. How are you, Cammie? Good to see you. I'm good. I'm good. I'm so happy to be here, Carl. You do yeah. a real service for us and our culture and our, our world. Thank you. I, I appreciate that. That's great. Happy, happy to have you. So tell, tell us about what things are like for you in, in Greensboro and, and teaching at Guilford. And, and you mentioned before we, we started recording, you, you mentioned something about uh, being in that liberal arts environment. Maybe that's a little bit different. And so what, what's, what's that all about? Yeah. So, okay. Well, I've been at Guilford for, oh my gosh, I've lost track. Um, I guess I, I, I'm, I'm pretty old. I guess I got there in 94, but um, it was an odd trajectory because, well, it was kind of common maybe, but for the time, but I was part-time, uh -huh. then I was continuing part-time, oh. then I was visiting, then I was tenure track, yeah. then I was assistant, <laughs> Then I was associate, then I was full, and then I was endowed. So it's been, so <laughs> it's what, been a what, big What was line. the secret to, um, to leveraging the, the adjunct into the full-time oh, job? Man. Um, finding I, that's a place. That's so rare. That is I know, so rare. I know it is. I'm, I'm just so lucky. Um, finding a place where you can thrive and not, you know, um, have a lot of competition was really great for me. We don't have an orchestra. We don't okay. have a concert band. Huh. So, and I mean, I think that's really key. Working really, really hard and, and um, having a mentor, because I had a department chair that said yes a lot nice. very early on. Nice. Um, and I would say the other thing is I'm in a, I'm in, geographically, I'm in an area where guitar is very kind of vibrant. So okay. I think there are these pockets to the U.S. where guitar, yeah. classical guitar is more vibrant and, and you know, I'm lucky to be kind of in one of those pockets. So yeah. I think those are the, the rest. That's kind of my recipe anyway. Well, now, why, why is that so? Why is, why is Greensboro a, a vibrant pocket for classical guitar activity? Well, I think, you know, Aaron Shearer being at School of the Arts in Winston-Salem. And then there was a guitar society that kind of, you know, has been alive since the early 80s or okay. 79, actually, I yeah. think 79. And then you have these kind of high school programs. So around me um, for the last several years, uh, although things are different since COVID, you know, I had, um, there was Patrick Louie at Weaver and Alan Hirsch at Bishop McGinnis. Oh, yeah, sure. We had uh, Mike Connors at Penn Griffin. We had Mark oh, yeah. Smith at New Garden Friends. We had, um, and then Mark went to the experiential schools. So we had a lot of like magnet type arts yeah, programs. And then we okay. had School of the Arts High School. We've got Doug James now, Adam Kossler right up the road, like less right. than two hours away. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's that there's just a lot going yeah. on around here. Very cool. Yeah. And and the high school programs. I mean, I know that that like that's 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 a world that's really growing across the country and in, in exciting ways um, all over the place. But you know, I'm thinking back. I had a friend when I was in college. You know, I graduated my undergraduate in 91 and he, you know he had gotten a full-time job teaching at a high school and it was like unheard of like nobody had ever heard of such thing oh my gosh a guitar pro full-time guitar program in a high school yeah um, and that was in alabama or something and you know and and so the, those those high schools in, in north carolina are these are these relatively new programs they've been well established for a while what's well you what's know it, it's interesting because i i kind of have a part in in that experience i graduated with my master's degree and I was like ready to get a job Near and job. <laughs> yeah, then it was like, well, hmm, there are no jobs. Right. <laughs> I got a, I got a part-time job and taught at Wingate college for two and a half okay. years and just had a big private teaching studio. Like a lot of us started out that way. I eventually got the Guilford gig very part-time, but you know, I say that, but I had like 25 private students and I right. taught like music appreciation or something like sure. that. But I had a friend, Bob Texera, who, was the only full-time guitar teacher in the state of North Carolina. Wow. Yep. And he said, hey, I'm going to quit. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> so I went to UNCG, University of North Carolina, Greensboro, really quickly and added on a teaching cert certificate. Okay. And then he didn't quit for five years. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I thought he's never going to quit. He's never going to quit. But he did. <laughs> In 1999, he called me up in November and said, hey, I'm out. You want it in January? And I was like, yeah, I do, because my certification is running out any minute. <laughs> so I took on the full-time job, and I was in the public schools for six years. And, um, you know, Guilford was kind of my on-the-side gig. Yeah. But Guilford kept growing, and soon, soon I had 13 majors. And at the same wow. time as I had 13 majors at Guilford, I, you know, I was tenured in the school system. Things were great. And then I had this principal that came to me and said, hey, we just got the money. There were five of us, the principal, account guidance counselor, a theater teacher, and me, and maybe one other person. I thought there were five. And she said, we just got like $200,000 to start an arts magnet school. Do you want to do it? And I'm like, it's yes. Christmas. Yes. Yes. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. So they, they flew us out to Houston to see Houston high school for performing arts okay. to kind of like visit there and that kind of thing. It was really exciting. And then we got to do that with Weaver wow. high school uh, Academy yeah, for fun. Weaver Academy for the arts in Greensboro, North Carolina, but then Guilford's. And then, so, it, so when I did that, my, another position that I had came available. So I was moving around high schools so I got to hire uh, Mike Connors, who is okay. an amazing human. Yeah, I know and he Mike. came up from South Carolina, taught in the public schools until right. he just retired in May. Yeah. So then it was he and I. Then we just kind of, it just kind of little program started popping up. Well, Alan was always, Alan was a bishop and he's been, he's an amazing composer and guy to work with. Yeah. So then long story short, Guilford said, hey, you've got 13 guitar majors. We need to hire a full-time guitar teacher. Do you want it? Amazing. Well, I didn't have my doctorate. Oh my and I thought, oh, I'm going to leave a tenured you know, position where I like kind of helped create this high school program, yeah. really special thing, to like a college where probably, I'm, well, not probably, I was going to get my doctorate and probably they're going to do a national search. So it was right. sketchy, but I did it. Huh. And 
I went back for my doctorate in when I was 40 years old. Wow. Oh my yeah. gosh. And how long did it did take that, to finish it? It was probably like a five year my gosh five year thing because I I luckily got it at Shenandoah and you could I drove there and stayed in the summers and then I'd drive up five weekends. Um Glenn Clute and I would have three hour lessons on Fridays. Right. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh five times five times a semester. So wow. I did that while I was teaching full time and and uh and it was the right decision and it's worked out wow. really well for me. But again, so, really so but you, you, you got the full-time job before finishing the doctor was, was finishing the doctorate kind of contingent on your staying oh, yeah. there. Is that what it was? Okay. Yeah. Oh yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't be tenured unless I finished my, my doctorate. Gotcha. Understood. And okay. liberal arts is even more like a conservatory can be conservatories or if you have contracts or whatever, but that kind of right. old liberal arts, like yeah. tenure system yeah, required that system, I, yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of my like kind of kind of racing the clock, I guess. You know, you, yeah. you got five years to do the the ten year application, and you, yeah. you better have a doctorate by then. Wow, that was it. That was interesting. It. Wow. So yeah. you, and you were teaching full time at the at the time. Yeah, I was teaching oh full time at the time. Yeah, yeah. Yikes. That was yeah, yeah. You must so, have been tired. <laughs> I mean, we, we all work hard. We all work hard to put this life together. I'll tell you that. I mean, there's never been really uh sure. a question about that for any of us right 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 so were you, were you teaching at the high school and at guilford at the same time for a while yeah i was yeah. uh I, I really experienced some serious kind of burnout at that point in my life because i was teaching high school like you know from i was probably there at 7 30 or 8 in the morning every and day, i would get day. done at like four every day monday through friday and then i would get in my car and drive down friendly avenue to guilford and teach from <laughs> I think I taught Monday through Thursday, but I didn't teach Friday there. My and I goodness. taught, you know, from like 4.30 until sometimes 10.15. I used to teach oh. a, a night class that went from 7.25 to 10.15. Wow. Oh, so, wow. But I was young and I had a lot of energy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and at some points I had to hire help at Guilford. So yeah. I, I will be honest about that too. Wow. Yeah. Well, awesome. So, yeah. and, so like how long or like... So you let the, the high school position go just to concentrate on teaching at Guilford. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So. Which was a hard decision because it was sure. a great, great experience. But um, yeah. I'd always wanted a full-time college teaching position. Right. It was kind of a dream, you know. But yeah, um, yeah. Cool, excellent. And then, and you, so you teach you teach private applied lessons. I'm imagining. And yeah, uh, what's, the pro, what's the rest of the program there like? So my jam is definitely the double major, right? So okay. we all have our niche. We all have something that we do well or do differently. And so, you know, you, I've got, you know, Elliot, Elliot Frank is at ECU yeah. and, you know, Doug James has been at Boone and, yeah. and now it's going to be Adam. Adam yeah. And, you know, I have my thing and, and you and CSA and we're kind of the four big guitar programs in North Carolina okay. and we're all very, very different. So it's kind of cool because we, you know, we get different students that want different things. And sure. in some ways I feel like we don't super compete, you know? Right. Um, and what I do really well is it's a very kind of high academic level experience where most of my students double major. Okay. In the same amount of time for the same amount of money. Right. And it's, so it's a very, it's kind of the situation where you could come in and be in the practice room for four hours if you want to be, but you can also be, you know, like right now I have um, 
to two majors that are double majoring in education studies, ed studies, okay. right? That want to maybe pursue that. I have right now um, a triple major, actually. Wow. He's, he wants to be a neurologist. So he's, he's doing health science <laughs> and chemistry and music. So he's wow. either in the lab or the or the practice room. I have had a couple of physicists. Um, one is now uh, has is at UNC working on the, the largest telescope. He's an astrophysicist in in oh, the world. Cool. So you know, a lot of my people don't necessarily end up you know in music full time. Um, sure. It's that holistic thing of like music is yeah. a tool for self awareness, and music is so. I mean it's such a balance. It brings such a balance to their academic right. life. But, you know, I've had some amazing players uh, that don't necessarily go on. And then I've got right. players who do go on to musical things or PhDs in music or DMAs yeah. in music. So, yeah. So, so I teach, I didn't even answer your questions, but I, I teach <laughs> ensemble and um, I, I'm the faculty advisor for the college radio station. So that's, okay. I told Very you, cool. I'm, have a, I used to have an interview podcast show for the faculty and staff there, but you know, I'll be on radio sometimes. Um, I also teach part of the gen, gen ed curriculum. So unlike a okay. conservatory, only one third of my teaching per semester is guitar. Oh, so right. the other two thirds are academic in some way. And then ensemble and sometimes I'll teach beginning guitar classes or something right. like that for fun. So, so, so the academic classes are those are those courses that you've designed or those like core curriculum courses? What kind of Yeah, a lot of them are things I've designed. Like one of my academic courses is a, a requirement for the major. We're a four credit institution, so it's a two credit class. Okay. It's a career development seminar that all juniors have to take, music majors. Um, or I'll teach uh, music and contemporary culture as a class I taught for 13 years. Oh, cool. um, which had some hip hop in it. So I'll, yeah. I can, that's the other great thing about being liberal arts is I will, I collaborated with a sports studies um, person for a couple years to teach a freshman course called initiate, which is like a three week intensive. And yeah. she swam the English channel last year. So, wow. you know, our class was on wellness. So I came at it from a musician point of view of like, what is wellness, what does wellness look yeah. like inside of, you, you know, kind of musical expression. And she came at it from this, just swimming, having swum the English Channel. So a lot of collaborative stuff, a lot of that Very liberal cool. artsy feel is, you know, not so, it's not so narrow, which yeah. was interesting being trained at all conservatories and then ending up at a liberal arts school. So it's very, right. yeah. very different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What is this? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Very, very cool. Yeah. There's something you said. What was I, what was I going to ask you? Um, I don't remember. <laughs> That's okay. It might come back. <laughs> it may. It might come back. Yeah. So. Yeah. Very very cool. Um, yeah. And so it, so tell me tell me more about the uh, the U.S. Guitar Orchestra because I think actually Bill Cannonguyser had mentioned something about that to me when he was when he was here for for his interview. Oh yeah, because um, he was and, my and guest think, artist. Yeah, that was, that was one of the things yeah. that he had he had talked about one of the projects that he was. He was in and he said, yeah, you should get Cammy on and, and interview her. So. Oh, cool, cool. Well, um, so I'm a, I'm very project oriented. Okay. Uh, that's what I like. I love to do projects. That's because for me, it's like you get in, you do it and you're out. Right. And that <laughs> excitement of like, <laughs> that I love, I'm a planner. Yeah. Uh, I'm a big planner and um, 
kind of a big picture person. So if I have the idea, I can put it together and I love putting it together. So I've, I've got several projects that I've done. Uh, the first, I mean, I've done several projects with Bill. Actually, I did a great thing with him. And the reason it worked for him to be my guest artist for the first iteration of the U.S. Guitar Orchestra um, is because Sergio Assad wrote this piece called The Wall. Right. And we, we premiered it. Well, I had premiered a piece, Shingo Fuji piece with Bill here before mm-hmm. with like 93 guitarists on stage. Yep, yep. Um, and then I did it with LAGQ. I don't think it was the world premiere because I think it, they did that one somewhere else. And Shingo Fuji came over and that was cool and conducted it. So I loved, you know, I have this great resource of being able to put like 80 guitarists on, on, on stage if I need to, because I live in this area where I can do that. Right. right. And, um, and again, that's really changed since COVID. We should talk about that later, but, um, okay. but, the, but I had done these major projects with Bill before, and then I had a sabbatical in 2017 and I decided to I thought I love to travel. I've, I travel a lot in my personal life. Like I just got back from a 16 day trip to Africa and I just traveling is my passion. So outside of guitar. So I thought, well, how can I combine those two? Yeah. And I wonder if guitarists want to travel. So I tried a little experiment and it was my sabbatical project. And I took 28 guitarists from the area, from the Greensboro, Winston-Salem, High Point area in 2017 to Iceland oh, and toured cool. Iceland. And that, and they love, and within 30 days, I had 42 people registered for this trip. That was like friends, family, parents, 28 oh players. Gosh. It just took 30 days. So I was like, oh yeah, guitarists want to travel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yes, so then, yes, <laughs> yeah. So then I thought, well, there are all these all American choruses, all American bands, all American yeah you know, orchestras, it's a thing. Yeah. It's like a cultural thing, but no one's ever done the kind of all American or US guitar orchestra thing. And I love, I've always been really passionate about ensemble and, and orchestra um, guitar ensemble, you know, just, sure. I'm a collaborator. And for me, it's all about love and getting people together and and having that experience collaboratively is like fuels me and my passion. Yeah. So um, I did it. And I said, well, I need, first I need like someone smarter than me. So I got a guy named Ethan Lodix and Ethan got his undergraduate from me and then his master's from Stephen at, in, in Kentucky. Okay. And his brain is like a computer and he works full-time for a nonprofit. And he just, he's just one of those task guys who understand, who's like, gets like spreadsheets and he's just innovative and inspiring and, and very smart. So I said, Hey, you want to do this with me? You want to do, you want to just create this guitar orchestra? And he's like, I'm in, I'm down, let's do it. And we work really well together. And my biggest compliment is to be able to like grow an alum to a point where I can send, I send them away. They become even more smart because of working with other people. And then I can work (laughs) alongside of them. So very cool. yeah, so I, I did it in 2019. We did we did uh, three world premieres. We did okay. no, we didn't. We did two world premieres. Three? Yes, three world premieres plus okay. the walls. So we did. I got Brian Head okay. to write a piece. Brian Johansson wrote a piece. Excellent. And Kevin Callahan wrote a piece. Great. And then we did the Sergio Assad piece, yeah. and the Aaron Shear Foundation because Shear was my teacher, right at School of the Arts. 
so I'm on the, the board of the Aaron Shearer Foundation, decided, we decided to combine it with the hundred with the centennial of Shear's birthday. Okay. So they they um, got behind the project and sponsored it. And we launched in Carnegie Hall. And oh the first half was Shear Shear students. So it was Barwaco, Kobo, and Tannenbaum. Wow. And then the second half was the US Guitar Orchestra. And then we went to France and we toured France. And wow. so, and, and it was the foundation supported the travel as well. Well, we use, no, the players paid for the travel. And, oh, did and they? Okay. Yep. I use a great tour company called World Strides. I've, I use them okay. for Iceland, France, and now for, for Spain, which I'll be in Spain a week from tomorrow. Oh so, my um, gosh. With the, with the orchestra so yeah. or are you you're just yep, traveling yep. yourself? Okay. Wow. So the first, the first iteration was 42 players from 23 different states. Amazing. Yeah, it was really cool. It was audition. It was audition only. And it was really exciting, uh, an amazing experience. And I'll tell you that I learned so much. It was such yeah. a learning experience for me. So I wanted to do it again. And I thought, well, I'll do it every other year. So sure. I tried to do it in 21, but COVID happened. Um, so I'm doing it in 22. And we're going to Spain. Fun. And um, then I hope to do it. Maybe I'll do it and if COVID isn't around because it's been very <laughs> difficult this time. Very challenging yeah. because of all the COVID logistics. But if COVID isn't around, I'm hoping to go to Japan oh. in 24. Oh, so wow. We'll see if That's that happens. Fantastic. Yeah. And, so, and so when, when, when you do the trips, how many, how many concerts do you do? You do and and we're going to do, do set that all up. Well, World Strides helps me do the concerts, okay. hotels, and flights. They I have do connections music. for places to play, and they set that yeah. all up. They're Amazing. a touring company for musicians, and so and now I have a great relationship I'm, with them. I'm going to have to get so, contact information. Yes, those take folks people. Because, people want to yeah. go, and I'll give you the most wonderful tour director too. So we are leaving. We are all launching and landing in New York City at the Sheraton Times Square next Tuesday. Excellent. And we are, will are you be playing playing in, in, in New York before you go? Yep. Yep. We're gonna uh, rehearse. So we'll cool. rehearse all Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and then this time I, I want to do something different than Merkin. I mean uh Carnegie. So we're doing Merkin Hall at Kaufman yeah. Center, which is a you great contemporary. Do Carnegie is so passe. No. Like that, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and does the tour company set that up as well? Yeah, yeah. They helped me find wow. halls and stuff. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Actually, the Shear Foundation did Carnegie last time, but now okay. you know World Strides. So this time I've got uh, how many? So I've got a world premiere of Kevin Callahan. He's written an amazing piece called Myth of Persephone. Um, a great, beautiful piece by Alan Hirsch called Encounters. It's a two movement work. Um, and we're doing a piece by one of my alums, Mark Charles Smith, called We're All in This Together, that was originally premiered in Iceland on that first trip. And a very exciting thing has happened. Alan uh, arranges a bunch of Michael Hedges music. Oh, And cool. yeah, he's all about it. You can find it on his website. Uh, I think it's, I don't know his website, Alan Hirsch Ensemble. You sure, can't miss it. Find, yeah. Yeah. And um, Michael Hedges' oldest son, Misha Hedges, and his brother, Brendan Hedges, saw a, I guess, performance at App State of, I don't know, like a hundred guitarists you can find on YouTube playing oh, because it's there, a Hedges wow. piece yeah, that yeah, Alan yeah. is conducting. So somehow Alan got the idea that USGO and, and Hedges should be connected. 
Okay. And um, they're doing this massive docu documentary called Oracle. And you can also find that if you look it up, um, Oracle. And they are bringing a four camera crew from LA to Merkin Hall to record. Well, they were going to record and interview players and interview Alan and I. And we're oh, going to, cool. it's really amazing. I mean, just, and Michael Hedges was a, a real hero of mine. I produced him yeah. and, and, and of yours and everybody's hopefully, oh, yeah. but um, it's just, so we're going to end, I guess, in that documentary, which is really exciting. There are a lot of that great. That is so cool. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it was a, it was a beautiful add on exciting experience. So, so yeah. And then we go to Madrid and we play in Madrid. We play in Granada and we play in Seville. So oh, we'll do wow. four four concerts all together. And, and how many guitars do you have going? This year I have 31. So we went from okay. 42 to 40 to 31. Yeah, that's I still had, a really I had good number. Three you know? people drop out this time. I didn't have any dropouts. It's just really different with COVID, right? Sure. sure. Um, and I decided, and a smaller orchestra may be better. 42 people are, it's hard to get, you know, I want this to be elite. Like, you know, these are some of the best players, right? So I, I, I think it'll be better or cohesive with a smaller orchestra. Yeah. And what, what age range are you looking at in the orchestra? Are there and I take college 50, students? Yeah, the first time around, I took one high school student, I believe. Okay. And this time around, I have a younger group. I mean, when I say younger, I have, oh, maybe, well, I have a 15-year-old who just won, like, first place in Nevada. Like, he's he's studying with Kobo out there. He's okay. amazing. So... Um, I have him, but, but he's an exception. I have maybe six people who are either 18 or 17 or okay. maybe one 16 year old. So I, I have more, I have like three that just graduated high school, I think like in okay. like just a month ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I've got younger ones, but then I have, you know, Sylvie playing first chair. I have Morgan, Dr. Morgan Stewart. I have, you know, um, I, I have like, people that are teachers in the U.S. Stephen Mattingly yeah. played with me last time around. So, oh, fun. Yeah. you know, my section leaders are, you know, and mostly college, mostly uh, uh, master's degrees and or undergraduate sure. players are the bulk yeah. of the, the orchestra. So, yeah. Oh, how fun. How, how fun. That's, that's really yeah. exciting. Very yeah. cool. It's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> it's, I mean, it's well, really not about me at all. Just, it's the thing all about me about it is like you just had this idea and you know, you, you didn't go small, you know, I'm thinking, <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it's like from the get go, you've got these, these big things happening and, you know, playing Carnegie and Merkin and, and you know, getting well, the, the Shearer Foundation involved and, you know, yeah, it, documentary a, with, you know, it's like all these happy things just kind of coming through yeah. for you. So. Well, it's a lot of re it's just a lot of resources, right? That's yeah. what I tell my students It's you just, it's, it's about being collaborative and ha and just having a lot of re resources right. and 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 you know being lucky. I think too is is a big part of it, really. <laughs> I think um, I think I, I think I should hang out with you more often. <laughs> <laughs> Seems like good things happen when you're. I don't around. know. My luck might run out. Who knows? It's bound to happen. It's bound to happen. Yeah. But yeah, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's great. So you, you, you're thinking about doing it again in 24. So you're going to stay with that kind of every other year thing. I think so. Yeah. It's way too much work to do every year. Sure. And it's also, um, I won't do it again. If, if COVID is still, if, if there are still COVID restrictions, regulations that are like changing daily and like, right. I mean, I'll give you an example. Yeah, that's, that's the players like, yeah, the players have to test before they leave. Right. 
I mean, and I don't, I'm not talking about rapid test at home. Like you have to go right. get like the paperwork. Right. And then and Merkin requires a test 72 hours before. And anyone who tests negative, I mean, literally anyone who tests positive on Saturday is out yeah. of the trip. Yep. That's pretty right. sketchy. That anyone who tests positive <laughs> Tuesday at the Sheraton at five o'clock can't perform in Merkin. Right. And then anybody who's not boosted has to get, has to test again to go to Spain. I mean, it's just right. been a lot. It's been sure. a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. But when we get there, it's going to be fine. It's going to be about right. music and not COVID, right. you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's great. Very, yeah. very cool. What a, what a thing. What a wonderful thing that is. Um, and you mentioned that you're, you're, you're the director of the Eastern Music Festival. The um, guitar program. Yeah. The guitar yeah, program. The, the, yeah. So, it's, so that's, that's a, that's a, a music festival that includes other things besides guitar. Yeah, it's a 61, you know, 61 year old uh, music festival that has okay. mostly orchestral, piano. It's funny because it, it happened to Guilford College. Right. Okay. So for I don't know how many years of. Does Guilford sponsor from, it? No, it's a nonprofit. It's own okay. nonprofit. It just says for 61 it's years, used our there, campus. Yeah. We have a really beautiful campus with like acres and acres of woods and lake, and it's a really gorgeous little school and so it's just happened it just happened there so i watched it for you know from 94 to 2014 and just kept thinking oh my god they should have guitar they would really uh, do well with guitar they should have guitar you know what i mean right right and it's funny because i somehow i think bar waco went there like in the 70s uh oh maybe he won a concerto competition or i don't know what happened but so finally in 2014, one of the board members approached me and said, hey, we'd like to talk to you about a guitar program. And I was like, yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and you had never approached them before and or talked to anybody? No, I had before? never, I'd never really, I mean, I would, I would, I'd drop tents to people I knew, you know, yeah. um, but there wasn't a real connection between the Guilford College Music Department and EMF. They just used right. the building. They just used right. the campus. Sure, so sure. Um, Jerry, Gerard Schwartz, who was, okay. who's the artistic director now even, um, had met, had worked with Jason Vio. Okay. So he got the idea. And I mean, maybe Jason said, and whatever, you should start a guitar program. So right. he knew he went with Jason. So it was Jason and I, and then, uh, you know, I got to just design it from ground up and like find a third person who was Julian Gray. Okay. So Julian and Jason and I taught in 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, so we taught five years and we built it from two, 12, the first year we had 12, and then we built it to 22 in those five years. Uh, and that was kind of our, that was like our top, like we can't sure. really take any other students unless we hire more faculty because it's, a, it's right. very immersive, very intensive for two weeks. It's 12 hour days and the weekends wow. are the same as the weekdays. So it's very um, wow. hands-on okay. and engaged festival, yeah. a little bit different culturally because we have also chamber music. So okay. they're get to play with other instruments. So then COVID happened. Um, and now we just like kind of re were recharging. Julian retired from EMF and now Gigi's coming on board this year oh, as your cool. guest artist. So I think, I think, you know, Julian needs to like write books. Like we need him right. to go write a lot of books because he's, we need his brain to live on forever. He's so smart. 
and uh, you know, he just retired from Shenandoah too. So he's kind of step, taken yeah. a step back to like maybe do some papers and books and that kind of thing and more music. Um, I, t- I took lessons from him um, when I would go home for the summers as an undergraduate. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, you know, Julian, then I'm gonna have yeah, to, yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Absolutely. Gosh, brilliant. right. Yeah. Just and to spend another, time. Another small world for you. Jason was an undergraduate at CIM when I was working on my master's there. Wow. So I, I know okay. Jason very okay. well. We're very good friends. Very so, yeah, cool. so it's, it's, a... it's such a small world. Our world is just yeah. so connected, and I love and that about amazing our... people. I mean, right. Like, you know, yeah. How cool. So you knew Jason when he was we. I did. Actually, he you never. Know, they're, they're, everybody who was at that school when he was there has a Jason story. Like how when they first heard Jason play or when they first met him and all this kind of stuff. He was the first guitarist that I heard play at that program. You know, was and I, he? Yeah, and I, you know, I had I had talked to him in the in the hall before class. You know, and he just seemed he's goofy, happy kid. Yeah, you know, yeah, and, goofy. He's still a goofy, happy kid. <laughs> you know, and then just sat down and proceeded to completely tear the heck out of the 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 Casanova Tedesco uh, D major concerto and I thought oh like and he and I knew he's a sophomore you know I and, and I thought to myself I was like is this how the undergraduates here play what the hell am I doing here you know <laughs> and I was so relieved to hear somebody else from that program play later you know because I, oh, I was, man. was you know I went home then I was like I gotta I, I gotta go find another career because I am seriously out of my element oh here. my god hey hey you know I have to say the first time I heard Jason was in New Orleans when he broke his e-string and won the GFA yeah. so yeah were you there no, but we, no, no, we no. had we we actually we had a party. We hosted a party that night at John Holmquist's house. Oh, okay. And Jason right. called John after the after the competition, and John just walks in the room all nonchalantly, like you know, yeah, hey, Jason just won. <laughs> <laughs> at age nineteen. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah, he's was, he's yeah. a really fun guy to work with. His his he and Jason he and Julie and I were just like a great pairing in terms of how yeah. different we were and what we each brought to the table. So it was really exciting. And I felt really privileged to work with those two guys. So it's, it's two weeks long and, and yep. do the students, is, is it like, is there a cap? Like you have a, 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 a cap on the number of students that you take. So, I mean, I wouldn't take more than 22, but because okay. of COVID, you know, we didn't, we didn't even do it next, last year. Right. And the year before we did it online, which is kind of not Ugh. even, I mean, I mean, you know. so we're really kind of, we're really jumpstarting like the whole thing, you know, cause for yeah. me, yeah. Anyway, so we had four, we have 14 this year. So, That's great. Yeah. you know, we're starting back. Um, and do they audition? They, 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 what's, yeah, okay. they audition and it's, you know, it's set inside of a, a six week orchestra program. Oh, so okay. they see they see some of the best student and faculty yeah. orchestras in the summer U.S. program you know, in the evenings. And that, you know, the best, the top players get to play. You know, I've got a clarinet piece and an oboe piece and a harp piece and a vibraphone piece. Very cool. Um, you know, going on and a violin piece. I think I didn't say that uh, this year. So the best players always get to do chamber music, which is cool. And they get to perform. Yeah. Oh, a lot of awesome. yeah, a lot of performances. Excellent. So yeah, it's a, it's a, we, we're, tr- we tried to do a different model, try to create something that was unique and that, you know, it is housed inside of an orchestra. It's, you know, Aspen maybe is sure. sim- like a similar type thing, but like, yeah, ours is two weeks plopped down in the six week festival that has a really big orchestral program, yeah. but they have some side things. They have a euphonium. They just, they, I just heard we got like 
I mean, like 19 euphoniums are in the <laughs> two-week euphonium thing. So like, you know, they have these little kind of two-offs, two-week-offs, like sounds kind like, of Sounds things. like you got to find some guitar euphonium chambers. Yeah, no, I need to, right? <laughs> We're going to have to put a mute in that thing though, Carl. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, that's that's really cool. So it's it, and, and so the guitarists that come to that, by again, are, I, I guessing are mostly like upper class and, and graduate student guitarists. Yes, we have all. Well, I mean, you know, they can come at age of fourteen, but you know how the guitar okay. is. You know how the guitar yeah. is. I mean, sure. you know, I don't have any really young ones this time. I have a couple of like seniors in high school. Um, then I've get I get people from everywhere. I mean, I've, I've got you know somebody from Peabody from my Well Studio and somebody from Andrew's own studio. I mean, you just, they just come from different places and yeah. I mean, you know, it depends on who's teaching. Like maybe if Gigi's teaching, people want to work with Gigi or, you know, sure. someone from my studio or someone from Jason's studio. So it's just, right. it's a good diverse age Excellent. range. Yeah. Yeah. Very, very cool. Great. Yeah. yeah. And, and you, 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 you mentioned that uh, you serve on the, the boards of several nonprofits there in, in Greensboro. Yeah, um, I like doing nonprofit work because um, I just, I just, especially for the arts, I think we need people advocating and fundraising. And yeah. so I'm on, right now I'm on the GFA board. I'm on the... How long have you been doing that? Um, you know, I think this is my second term, fourth year. Oh, okay. So I think okay. I have a couple more years there. Gotcha. Uh, and then I'm on the Aaron Shear Foundation and the Piedmont Classic Guitar Society. And then I'm also right now on the EMF Eastern Music Festival board and oh, cool. just got onto the Arts Greensboro board, which is kind of the top arts organization that funds like EMF and different. Sure. That's brand new. I just started this fall. So I, I, that's a lot of what I like to do in my pastime is just, you yeah. know, work, work to help support really awesome organizations yeah. in whatever way I can. You know? And it keeps you really connected to the community in kind of a, a broad based way. I sure does. Probably very helpful for a lot of things for, you know, for your 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 program and, and the yeah. other things that you're involved with. Yeah. Yeah. Again, resources, right? So right. it's just that's. I think that's what I try to teach my students is, you know, I mean, obviously we've had such a shift since. I guess I would say since 2009 would be when I start started to see this kind of slow shift in the guitar world. Like you know, before 2009, it was like if I had a student. Who wants to be, you know, I'm a music major. Okay, cool. All right. Get up there and do your Giuliani 120 right hand studies and, <laughs> and, and let's do the core rep and do our thing. But I, there was this kind of economic shift that happened. And along with that became this, it was kind of slow for me, but the millennials taught me a lot. Yeah. It kind of came, became this like shift, right? And like, oh my gosh, you can't just be a music major and get a job. Not that you ever could, right. but you really couldn't. Yeah, he really couldn't then, you know, and you, so then you think that was was tied to what was going on with the economy. I think it was easier to have a studio with 45 students. OK, before that happened, Interesting. you know, I, I saw like a big shift in like studio sizes uh -huh. in my students and my alums sure. where, you know, sure. hey, at least you could do that. Right. You know, at least you could teach 45 people at a community right. uh, community music school program or. Right. You know, um, and yeah, I think that I think millennials for me, I was raised in my generation to live to work. My career yeah. was my everything. It was my identity. Yeah. It was who I was. Sure. It's what I did. Sure, sure, sure. 
but millennials taught me and, and they kind of came along around that like 09 to like 013, 14, yeah. that area, uh, 12 or 13. Um, they want to work to live. Yeah. Right. Because they didn't get out of college and have gigs right. or jobs. No, it was they got out of college with a whole lot of debt and didn't know. Right. That wasn't, right. you know, wasn't my my generation's experience all the time. Right. Right. Um, and so I just guess I started thinking about being a responsible professor and what a, prof- a, a responsible professor is going to do is not just graduate someone and tell them they can get a job. It's right. It's telling them, it's, Oh my it's, gosh, it's a you real know? dilemma, you know, and I, 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 I grappled with this and I've, I've actually Stanley Yates and I have had many, many, many conversations about it. It's like, you know, having a conscience about what you're doing when you're talking to a young person who's, who's interested and has, you know, real passion for music. And, and I always, I always thought, you know, it, it was, I would feel bad if I weren't really transparent about it, you know, and, and, but there's this dilemma because you, you know, you want to support your program. You have to get students into your program for it to be supported, you know, and young people who are, who are looking at careers and, and how would you tell them, you know, to be honest with them, you have to tell them that, look, you know, you're going to be here for four years. Who knows what's going to happen after that? And you just try to make the best of it and get the resources that you can available for yourself and realize you're doing this for very personal reasons and then do the best you can. You know, there's, there's not, yeah. you know, there's, there's not going to be any job fair or, you know, hiring bosses coming to campus to, to recruit you. You know, it's like, so, and I, I always thought about it myself in terms of an opportunity. Like, you know, when I, when I, when I went to study, it was, it was, well, I've got this opportunity. I don't know what I'm going to be able to do after it, but right now I have this opportunity, so I want to take it and I, you know, put everything I can into into it. And if I, you know, if I have to go do something else after the end of that that time, then I will. But you know, and, and I used to ex- explain it that way to people. But there's, yeah, it's 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 a strange dilemma because you, you know you certainly want to support everything and you want to especially somebody a young person who's passionate about playing music i mean come on what what better thing is there in the world and but you have to be realistic and you don't certainly don't want to swindle anybody and if they're paying well, yeah. like hundreds of thousands of dollars for an education you know it's it's yeah uh, i i mean i asked my undergraduates and we have real conversations early on about uh you know how much debt they're going to incur and what their you know what their financial situation is because it's you know if it's tied if we tie music to money a lot of the time we're going to lose. Right. So, but I think it's that, that shift in my mindset has been, you can be an amazing musician for the rest of your life, but you don't have to try to make a living doing that. And then the people who do want to make a living doing that, you can't just be a classical guitarist anymore. Right. You better be able to do some jazz. I'm not sure sure you could ever have, I mean, right. Well, yeah. yeah, right. I mean, the purist, it's like, we're back to the Renaissance, right? That's why I think, I mean, I, I believe in the double major. I believe yeah. in it, you know, because, because, you know, if you hang out with a bunch of doctors yep. who like play music on the side for fun, check it out. They have better guitars than I have. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, and these guys that are, these young guys that are coming up, they know it's different now, you know, we've passed kind of the millennials group and, and it's like, they know how much their parents make, how much they need to make. Yeah. Like, you know, how much money do you need to make? What kind of lifestyle do you need to have? And then what kind of job will support that? I mean, yep. we, that's literally how we talk now. I would never have had those conversations in 
2008. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. I mean, and I didn't know to, but now it's like, you know, and you know, there are these fields that you can go into, uh, you know, engineering, the sciences, right? Uh, uh, maybe business, uh, uh, physics, which is kind of tied to engineering, and then right. all the health sciences, you know, right. and so, you know, you know what you can go into to make money. Right. And then, you know, music can also be your passion, which doesn't, trust me, like my, my little triple major right now is winning some competitions and doing some things, but like, he knows, he, he knows that, he, you know, guitar is not, won't be his end goal, sure. but it is his passion and he is a right. really good player. And a lot what of those that, guys. What does that look like down the road for students that you've had in the past? Like, like, do you have, have a student that you graduated say maybe 15 or 20 years ago? And, and how does that look for, for them? You know, in terms of like with the double major, yeah. Like, well, do they like keep the, playing? the guy, do they stay active. What is that? Yeah, like, like this guy, this guy um, that I just told you about is at UNC with the biggest telescope. Getting he he has his PhD in astrophysics. Yeah. Astrophysics. Amazing. Like he was in the USGO um, in nineteen. He couldn't okay. do it this year because he had a big project. But like, he's he's able to like do that kind of thing. He you know yeah. he hangs out with another one of my alums and they play duets. Nice. So it's still part of what he does and yeah. who he is. It's part of his identity, right? Like sure. music is part of an identity. So, and it's part of who you are and how you see people in the world and how you treat yeah. people and how you, and your own wellness. And so it's right. just like, it's so much bigger than like we, yeah. and you know, I'm older than you, Carl, but like, you know how it was like, we, we just yeah. sat and like did our, you know, did our scales did. and did That's our chops did. and we, yeah. right. Yeah. And we didn't, For years. we didn't think yeah. about like, and now it's like, you know, music is just, I mean, I, I talk about it and I think about it so differently than I used to. And that's primarily because I had the privilege of, of like growing and having these journeys with these students who were teaching yeah. me things too, you know, which was, it's not, you can't just do classical guitar anymore. And, and then what is classical guitar really? Like music is music is music, guitar is guitar is guitar. And it always has right. been, but I think even more now, you know, I mean, what's the what's the cool thing to do is to find a piece no one else knows yep <laughs> you know right. yeah, yeah and yeah. it just was written last week yep. <laughs> and it, you know so and it uses, or whatever. It uses all these strange things all the you know these resources and and uh you know or, or contemporary language if you want to put it that way you know these, these kinds of things where i you know and i wonder too you know this this discussion of or the the, the thought of of legitimizing the guitar in the in the classical music world you know that that whole thing and and all the mythology associated with it which it is 100 percent pure mythology of you know elevating the guitar to its its proper place on the concert stage right you know i think that that idea that somehow the guitar is this thing that needed to to really prove its own in that world and and, and be legitimate right and i think you know, maybe for, for our generation, that was, there's, there's a lot of that residue still hanging around and, and, absolutely. you know, and the pressure to, to participate in that world and, and, but we never really fit anyway, you know, and, and, well, and it's such a small vision. It's right. such a teeny it itty bitty it, little right. spec compared, yeah. I mean, the guitar can basically do anything and go anywhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we have the most flexible instrument, right? Yep. We have the most diverse instrument it's crazy talk, talk about that it, talk about it in that way maybe i don't know 30 20 or 30 years ago people didn't happen doing that like oh they, no no you know, it was one thing one and thing. 
it's, it's like you said, it's so narrow, but I think that, you know, the, the pressure that that, that that puts on people, you know, to conform that, that, to that ideal and just it's the exclusion of all these other ideas, you know, and that's what I'm seeing now, which is so exciting. It's so cool. And there's, it's, it's, there's definitely a shift. There's absolutely yes. been, a, been a revolutionary shift. Um, and, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm still trying to get a handle on it myself. It's like, what, what are people doing? Oh yes. Okay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, and you know and, what you you know what you just said reminded me too of like like how we use you know you had this like really elite technician you know kind of ideology that came out of you, you know our schooling. Yeah. And we're and we and our instrument is culturally tied to the idea that it's super easy to pick up a guitar and play like four yeah. chords. And pretty yeah. much anyone can learn how to do that. So yeah. we've got this dichotomy. <laughs> so like anyone who's less than that ideology, that superhero, just really whatever, like right. they weren't right. that important. Yeah. But like now yeah. it's, it's There's now I don't feel, yeah. I feel like, you know, there the old guard has to hang on. And I mean, we can't just, yeah, yeah we still need, you know, certain standards. So, right. but, but at the same time, we're so much, we're becoming so much more inclusive. Yeah. I feel that. And I mean, at least I have been becoming more and more and more, you know, um, oh, you know, you don't like, I, I keep using, I keep beating up Giuliani. I love Giuliani. <laughs> Ethan's going to kill me. He loves Giuliani. So, but you know, it's like, if you don't want to play sore, okay, you don't have to play sore. Sure. You know, you need to no. know about sore. That's cool. You know, if you don't want to play I think, that, I think, you know, I think that's, that's the, that's where that goes is you, you need yes. to know about it. Yeah. You need to be aware of it. You need to understand its importance, you yeah. know, um, maybe. But if you don't jive with that, if that's not your vibe, yeah. we'll right. find something else. <laughs> right. Sure. Absolutely. And I, I think you can say that about anything, really. You know, like if, if, if there's music that, that exists in the world that applies to your instrument, maybe you should know something about it, you know? Yeah. Not, yeah. to be, not, not to be an expert in everything, but, you know, just, yeah, be aware of, of what's out there. And you're never going to run out of new stuff to look at, that's for sure. You know, that's, yeah. that's, that's one of the things I always think about is, well, you know, if, if finishing the to-do list is a condition of being alive, I'm never going to die. <laughs> I'm so always, there. I'm that way with there, you know. I'm big time that way with music and travel. Yeah. It's like I'll never get everywhere I want to be. I'll never hear every musical right. piece or player any. Yeah, well, we, yeah people, people ask me, you know, where, where do you want to travel next? And I was like, well, where haven't I been? You know, that's yeah. literally any place I haven't I been that. yet. That's where oh I want to go. I'm going to use that from now on. <laughs> and we have to go on our bikes. You know, you and I have that in common. Uh, oh, yeah. Actually, actually, right? I was like, you know, I, I, I spent uh, the early part of the day today um, out on a, on a, a training range teaching people how to ride motorcycles. Oh, uh, that's so cool. And do you know, it, okay, now, do, fun. do we know any, I know one other class of guitar that rides a bike. Do you? Christopher Bird rides one. Who does? Yeah, that was who I was going to say. Yeah, that's who um, I was going to say. Rod Lewis. He, Rod Lewis. Okay, how do you, you know, know Rod, Rod Lewis? Lewis? He Who's and I are from the we're from the same hometown, a little itty teeny bitty town in West, West Virginia, Milton, West Virginia. No, Rod and I like we were we were in high school. I think one he's I think we were in high school at the same time. Okay. Yeah, we were. This is crazy. This is so <laughs> small world. Do you know Beth yeah. Hicks? You have to know. Of course, Hicks. I know Beth Hicks. Yeah, <laughs> she's 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 the one that got me into Irish music. <laughs> oh, how fun! And it, see, we have all these connections. Like Fifteen years, yeah. No way. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Beth, that yep. is, that is High School. Crazy. That yeah. is so crazy. Oh it's a God. real deal. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, those are the only yeah, Rob, other guys. Rob goes on on long long distance oh, cross country trips every year. Yeah. Oh, he's like he's like 
spiritual motorcycle he's like yeah, the uh, yeah. the art of motorcycle maintenance or whatever that book right. was like he just goes <laughs> off and like does his whole like thing yeah, yeah that's cool yeah wow and actually i'm, I'm gonna be uh I, I try to get out once a year like on a long long trip okay um and and this year i was i was I wanted to take, I was going to originally take 10 days, but things conspired to nibble it away from both ends. And I've, I'm left with five days, so I can't, uh, I can't do my original planned trip to, to North Dakota. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to take a week and uh, ride to the beaches of Delaware. And I've got nice. camp, camping. Rehoboth um, and those places? Yep, in that area, yeah. Nice. I've got a, there's a seaside, a state park on Delaware Seaside, um, and they actually have campsites on the beach so oh that sounds beautiful we'll have a, a wonderful time that's, yeah so that's that's my that's trip great. this year but it's it's fun yeah, it's, it's a great great thing so I don't, I don't know i don't know how it relates to uh to guitar playing but you know there's some there's got to be something in there <laughs> yeah well i don't know i think i think it's they're both kind of thrill you get thrills out of both of them yeah. somehow yeah you know sure and and a real and I, and openness I, of mind and spirit and deep breaths right the deep breaths oh, that you get on the bike um yeah, the mindfulness is fantastic the I, mindfulness. Think, I think honestly that's that's what i why i do it because it's, it it forces you to be in the immediacy of the now all the time you, you, you just can't do not, it otherwise if you're not present you, know? you better yeah. not get on a bike and aaron yeah. shiro always used to say if you're not present don't pick the guitar up it's a waste of huh. time my gosh. <laughs> I don't know that that's ah. true, but <laughs> I think so I've picked like, the guitar up a lot of times when I'm not super present. Mm -hmm. but... <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. So, so yeah, so if, if you've got a little bit extra time, um, let, let, let's talk about studying with Erin Shearer. I mean, I, I don't oh, think sure, we should, sure. we should, we should, I don't think she would, we should, we should end this before that. At least it gets addressed because I mean, wow. I mean, Erin Shearer, right? Yeah, we can you know? do that. We can do that. <laughs> Uh, so, okay, so you want me to just say, let's see, what was it like studying with Aaron? Um, yeah, and, and how did all that, like, how did how did that happen for you? Like, what, why? Yeah, why so did you end I up was there? being raised in Milton, West Virginia. Across right. the river from me was Claire Callahan. Okay. So my teachers, like when I was in sixth grade, I started studying with a teacher who who eventually went there. Okay. And so I thought all my whole life. Was there oh, a I'm classical going... guitar teacher in Milton, West Virginia? There was one in Huntington. Okay. Huntington. Um, and who was yeah. that? Bob Feetson was his name. Oh, I've lost okay. track with Bob. That's, but that's he, he name, quit teaching to go to um, study with Claire. And then I studied with Richard Goring. Oh, okay. Um, oh, that's right. Because he was there for a time. Yeah. He was there in Marshall University. Right. So, I mean, right. I, I really didn't study. With, I mean, I didn't go to Marshall. I took my senior year in high school and did ha I was kind of done with my high school. So right. I did half a day in high school and then I was able to go. Was, he, was he doing like a like an interim thing there? Or was he actually on faculty there? I can't remember. He was there on faculty for a while. Okay. I think. So, so I just did like you know ensemble with him and lessons, whatever. Then he left. Anyway, where was I going? That oh yeah. So I thought I was going to study with Claire Callahan my whole life. Right. Um, but then I was like, my mom was very up in my thing because she was really <laughs> smart and she was like, yeah, we're going to let's audition for a lot of places. And I had gone to uh, Shenandoah my junior summer of my junior year to do this like summer program i so, did that program as well come on in 1986 yeah that is crazy yeah it's crazy it two years before you <laughs> wow i, I love with, i love connection I studied, my, my regular teaching was with wayne dooley i don't know if you knew yeah him. yeah wayne Do did you um, know michael delala too oh my gosh I know the name. Was he the, the, the mindful guitarist? You have to check out his book. Yeah. The mindful okay. Guitarist. Really good book. 
but uh, anyway, so yeah. But that's so, when I met Glenn too. Yeah. So I did yeah. some lessons with Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. So I, um, I applied to Shenandoah and, and, and I ended up applying, my mother was like, yeah, let's do some North Carolina schools. I was like, okay, let's do school of the arts. Okay. So, <laughs> and so this is literally the truth. I was in the car and my mom was in the front seat and she's like, and I'm, and I had done a couple other schools in North Carolina and we were on the way to school of the arts. And she goes, Oh, the teacher here wrote the books you played out of. Oh my gosh. That's like, and yeah. You didn't, you didn't know that before then. It's amazing. Terrible. It's terrible. It's um, but I did, I, I mean, I, I just didn't make the connection. Maybe or whatever. Sure. I don't know. Sure, sure, sure. So then so I how, go, how did, your, how, how did your mom get so wise about this? <laughs> well, my mom was a musician and she, oh, okay. she was a very, you know, she was very much a mother. Like she was, she yeah. was one of those moms who didn't work and did everything, you know, everything like went to all our basketball games and yeah. track meets and concerts. And, you know, she was just very involved and, um, wow. I was lucky, you know, so yeah. she, so I go there and I walk into this room with this, you know, older guy and he, and it was, I mean, it was the best way I can tell you is it was literally like he cast a spell on me. I, I, I like was like, I will. He was like, you will come here. I was like, I will come here. I will come here. I don't know. That's kind of how he was. It was kind of bizarre. So wow. I walked out of his office. My parents were sitting there. I remember this very, very vividly on these benches. And I said, I'm coming here. And wow. they were like, awesome. <laughs> that's just how he was. Amazing. He kind of told you what to do and you did it. I, I didn't right. like the clearest I can be. So that's kind of what it was like being in there with him for an and, hour. And, and he, he taught like that as well. I mean, that, yeah, that, I mean, that he was, was hardcore, you know, he was, yeah. he was, um, he was, he very micromanaged his students, right? Okay. He was brilliant. He was obsessed about how the hands worked on the instrument. Yeah. Um, and thought about it, you know, all day long and all night long. You know, I remember pedagogy class for me was like Kobo and a bunch of other guys arguing with Aaron for like an hour on the P stroke and like whether like, you know, where the P stroke came from and like how right. the tip joint, how much the tip joint should be bent and where you connected on the string with a nail. I mean, yeah. it was just kind of, that's was, what it was, was like. Did he have a graduate program there as well? No, he did not okay. have a graduate program. So he but was never know, dealing with people that went to study like hardcore with somebody else and then come to him. No, there was yeah. like this whole thing where he left Peabody and he brought like, like six, six dudes like came with him to school of the arts. Right. I right. went to school of the arts. I'm going to age myself in 83. Okay. So he kind of came to NCSA to retire. Okay. And he just, people just followed a bunch of guys with that's him. Just, yeah. I mean, I'm, that's just how it was. And like most people studied with him for like six, seven years. Yeah. You didn't get out in like four. I, I, I heard that. Yeah. I've heard <laughs> yeah. that there's this, yeah, there's a sense of like, you, yeah, it, you, it was you very, uh, yeah. Yeah. So so there was this direct line. All the guys who graduated would go to Bruce Holtzman. So like oh he gosh. would teach them how to play. He would teach the guys how yep. to play. And then they would go there and they would learn how to do competitions. And like, right. you know what I mean? So he was very into, he was very much about the mechanics, you yeah. know, of, of the instrument. So of course. Yeah. when I left there, I just had a very kind of like mindset of, uh, that's the way the world was, which is not the way the world is right. at all. Yeah. How, how many times a day were you using the term aim directed movement? Exactly. <laughs> or I think Bill called us the solfege island. I know that like oh my Aaron gosh, started solfeging my junior year and it was like, it was just like horrible because 
I didn't have to do it like my freshman and sophomore. I didn't have to do it, but all of a sudden he was like, we're soul fishing everything. And I'm like, we're what? Oh, <laughs> we're going to wow. do what? And I wasn't very good at it. Um, and I didn't really <laughs> learn it very well. I wasn't, I was kind of rebellious about it. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm going to do all this. Did you visual, visualize your soul fish? Uh, I mean, right, right. You're legitimate. I'm sorry, sorry, Aaron. I'm just visualizing it. I'm not actually going to yeah. sing it. Yeah. No, we would. I mean, I was. It was amazing. I would literally go into class, rep class. We had rep class on Tuesdays and Thursdays from three to five. So we had four hours of rep class a week, and watch guys sit on the stage without a guitar, and solfege the PFA with their eyes closed while they walk. They could see in their left hand, like what their left hand was doing. It, it got. It was really wow. Yeah, it was, I actually saw that happen. And they did it well. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. Amazing. Yeah. 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 Wow. I'm sure a lot of the older older That's guys. That's playing guitar. <laughs> I thought so. I thought so, and it, it was also not as exciting for me as playing guitar. So um, anyway, I you know I got through. I got through, um, and you know I remember year four. I was like, okay, I'm ready to graduate. And he's like, no, you're, you're going to stay longer. I mean, that's just, I didn't know anyone. I, I never knew anyone who got out in four years. It's just not wow. what he did. So then we, we went on. But, you know, Aaron was an innovator. I have to say, like, Aaron was the guy who really kind of created a lot of the East Coast, like straightening out of technique where people weren't sure. hurting themselves and injuring yep. themselves anymore. Yep, and he gets a bad rep because he went so far with it. But yeah. it just shows you his brain. Like, his brain just... He always, 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 he was always thinking, he was always, you know, what was the next thing? What was the next thing? And I mean, even until he died, he just was always trying to you know, analyze and figure yeah. out more ideas. And so maybe some of those- question, and, and maybe, yeah, it's, maybe yeah. it's impolite to ask this, but did you ever hear okay. him play? No, I mean, Aaron was injured. When he put his right hand on the guitar, it would kind of shake. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, because you know, as a boy, you know, he played, you know, he played a lot of like in like, you play jazz, he whatever. Yeah. And, you know, he wrote some music, he uh, arranged some things. Um, he was really a brilliant musician. But because he had, you know, no real teaching teacher and because he kind of emulated, I mean, the story is that, right, he emulated like the golden hand with like the deviation, the arch, everything uh -huh. and, like really injured himself playing. So he, he was like, well, I've got to figure this out. Why, why this happened? He had had surgery. Right. Um, so that, that's what drove him to really like seek out hand specialists and learn about the muscles and how the muscles yeah. work, you know? So that was kind of, no, he wasn't really a, you know, when I studied with him, he was not playing. Yeah. No, wow, not at all. So, you know, he, to think about how much I learned from him and he never played it for me. That's pretty right. intense. Yeah. That is, that is really intense. But then yeah. going to Kaluta was really good for me because it was like the polar opposite. Like Aaron would finger all of our music, right? I mean, it was like, really? oh yeah, when he handed you a score, it was because because that was his brain. He was so analytical. He's always trying to think of the best way exactly. to finger. Right. And Glenn would be like, here's, <laughs> here's six ways to finger this passage. Go make your Find decision. Right, right. You, you make your decision next week. He'd be like, yeah, but you could do it this way too. Or you could do it. Mm -hmm. You know, it was just like the opposite. And also I, I was the first graduate assistant at Shenandoah. And I remember him going here, teach all these kids who don't read music, you know? So it was right. so good for me to come out of school, of the arts, which was like this kind of different mindset. And then into the real world, like teach this right. kid to read music. And, you know, and I was still able to cultivate some of those. And I mean, to this day, I use foundational shear technique things. 
course. Right. I mean, I may not do solfege. I may not use the strap. I may not do some of the, uh, some of those like really, um, you know, I mean, because I've heard a hundred masterclasses, I've, I've seen so many other ways to incorporate, right. but my foundational teaching is definitely sheer technique and sheer brain. Right. Because sure. he trained, he was great at training brain. I mean, the idea of like, we make fun of aim directed movement. I've got like a t-shirt with it on there, <laughs> but like that idea and that concept and, and visualizing sure. and, and, you know, all that is just like, oh, yeah. I definitely Solid. still use, yeah, I still Solid. use a lot of that in my teaching. Um, and you know, the left hand, the, yeah, for, for me, the way that I look at it is, you know, the, this idea that, Hey, maybe we should think about how the mechanisms actually work. You know, I mean, that, that we, you can't get away from that. You hands are hands, hands move in a specific way and you got to work with that. Yep, you know, and I yep, think, you I think that, that idea is, is, you know, if nothing else, even if you don't even, I, I like agree with the specifics of, of you know, the, the, the quote, sheer technique or whatever. Um, but this idea that you need to start with, hey, it's a hand, it does this. Right, and right. And it's connected it, to a body yeah. that does this. I mean, to just to think that way, I'm not sure there was a whole lot of that going on before him. I don't know. There wasn't. I mean, there you wasn't. Know? And just like the principles of basic movement of like the joint works best when it's in its mid-range position. I mean, like right. who's going to argue with that? I mean, right. <laughs> or, you know, or don't, you know, deviate your your wrist and put yeah. yourself at a disadvantage or like little basic things that no one had really assigned language or verbiage to right so when i when i was a kid i had a, a teacher who studied with um larry schnitzler mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you know old school you know segovia master class mm -hmm. guy and um and of course you know deviator is the whole thing and 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 i was just a punk kid you know and my teacher was like now you gotta hold your your hand like this and i was like i don't like that that doesn't feel good you know yeah, I mean, yeah constantly constantly and i was i just rebelled against it i was like no i'm not doing that it doesn't feel yeah. good it hurts yeah, you know yeah. and it's so funny because then you know then when i was exposed to um you know the, the, the all this the sheer ideas and the, and the line wrist and all that kind of stuff i was like oh yeah and and i, I remember this i can't remember i had i had a discussion with with my teacher and I had it's, I had a similar discussion with Glenn at one point in time and they were both saying the same thing they were both to say well you know those other guys they're gonna say this and you know it was like it was just really it was kind of funny how you know I, I saw that kind of division of camps at that time um, yeah we we had you know, that and I and just I mean, wanted it, to play you know I was I was just a kid and I just wanted to play yeah. I was like hey that's a cool piece I want to play that you know yeah and I think you know I think that all of that stuff, I mean, Shear being really the innovator and of I think I think of him as the father of modern day pedagogy in the US, one of the one of the people. Yeah. One yeah. of the people. I mean, there were a lot of and Claire Callahan was doing stuff a long time ago, you know, and there were people that were trying to figure it out. But I think a lot of those things have kind of become an organic part of how we play. And also right. now I think they we also realize yeah. yeah, and that we realize that like everybody has really and you know there there are geographical like european like french people who study in france play different than people who study yeah, at yeah. peabody play different people who study at usc and people right. you know we do have but we're not as i don't think we're as divided because i think we all have some things we agree on that maybe 30 years ago or 40 years ago we didn't have those sure. and i i think he was a big part of part you know part of the people who put that into play you know what yeah. i mean so it was cool. It was a good experience. Um, I was 
like one of the only women that ever yeah, you uh, mentioned that. graduated yeah. under him. So yeah. and that was not like, and how many women were in the program when you were there? Mm -mm. No other women. Uh, I oh, think nice. my, my senior fun. year, I think there was one, <laughs> my senior year, a girl came Yeah. and I heard that she eventually finished and she's a doctor now. So wow. um, I don't know of anybody else at school of the arts that was a female that came through wow. under Aaron. And I, oh my I don't know about Peabody. I think women studied with him. I know that I know that there were females who studied with him because I know yeah. one or two of them. But I don't know if he ever graduated a female from Peabody. So wow. that's kind huh. of interesting. So that I guess I was lucky to get out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. But yeah, no, it, it, it was, you know, it was a it was a pretty it was, was that anything that ever that he ever referenced at all? And or did you, do you no, think he treated you any differently about that. because you were you were female or like um by him i i think i was treated differently as a female in the studio um yeah and oh not and and yeah i don't think yeah i don't know about how he thought about that he was married to a nun so you know he, his wife was a yeah and lorraine now lorraine was a fierce advocate for me <laughs> I loved Lorraine Shear so much. I, she was a nun? She was a nun, but she married she, she quit married. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And she was story. amazing. She was an amazing woman and she was a fierce advocate for me for sure. Wow. Um, so I loved Lorraine Shear. She was a, a real angel. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But he he had he, you know, had a very strong personality and just uh very um I keep coming back to the word brilliant, which I, I don't know how many times I said that, but he was brilliant. And <laughs> he was voracious mind. It sounds he like. was something else. Yeah. A voracious mind. Boy, that's a great yeah. way to say it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Very cool. And then, so and from there you went to, went to Shenandoah to, to work with Glenn. Yeah. And yeah. I got my doctor from him too. Okay. So you did a master's and a doctorate there. Yeah. But you did and your, you a lot of years in between. Yeah. And then I got my right. certification and I think I counted once I did 13 years of college. I think that's enough. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> that just makes me tired to even think about. Well, we all, we all do that though. We all do something. If it's not that much college, we are all like doing some type, you know, Suzuki certification or whatever we have to do to, to get as educated as we can to figure it sure. out. Right. Sure. Yeah. Wow. So. Great, great stories, good stuff. Thank and so, you. what's yeah. what's what's coming up for you? You, yeah, I know you've got the the trip to Spain with the the USGO. I've got the trip to Spain, and we get back on the fifteenth, and EMF starts on the sixteenth, and okay. then I get back. I get done with that on the thirtieth, and then we're going to be uh, doing the Aaron Shear Summer Institute the day after that on the thirty first. Oh, what is um, that? The Aaron Shear Institute. That was cool. We um. The, one of the really cool things about him is he hiked. I don't know if you know, he was an yeah, avid hiker. Yeah. Yeah, so he used to take a story about hiking with Aaron. With the, Oh yeah. Funny. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. Next, well, next time you talk to him, you should ask him. I'm going to ask him in a few weeks. Yeah. Well, we, uh, we, or he, he used to take like six or seven guys from Peabody in the summers out to Idaho and they would yeah. like play for four hours a day and then they'd right, hike. Right, right. So um, we got this idea to do a workshop in a national park. So we did for seven years, I think, six or seven years, wow. we did a summer workshop in Zion National Park, oh. um, the Aaron Shear Foundation. Yeah. Um, and then COVID messed that up. So <laughs> this is the first time that we're going to try it in the Highlands, in North Carolina, in the Highlands. Yeah. We have 20 people coming, I think, or maybe over wow. 20 students. 
And so it'll be uh, Alan Hirsch and Tom Kikta from Duquesne and yeah. uh, oh, who else? Walter Shiro will be there and a uh, bunch of people. And we'll just go down oh there and gosh. have a good time. We're staying and, and we'll hike and we'll do waterfalls. And, you know, Zion, we would hike in the morning all day. I mean, yeah. all morning. And we'd eat lunch together. Then we would guitar all afternoon and evening. And we always had a wow. guest artist. We had Martha Masters. We had um, Gohar Vardanyan. We had... Yeah. We're having Stephen Mattingly this year in the Highlands. Cool. That'll be fun. Oh, that's great. So there'll be performances or performances and ensembles. Yeah. Alan will do the ensemble there and we do workshops and master classes and yeah. teaching lessons. And it's, and how many it's students, more of a, how many students will be coming to that. We've got, I think, I know we have 20. We wow. might have over 20. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You know, most people only do like one summer workshop each summer. <laughs> Summer's my jam. <laughs> I, I I did the um I was on the faculty for Claire's thing for twenty years. And, oh, were you? Oh my God, that's so much fun. It was so wow. much fun, wow. and it was and it was a it, it's stupid workload. I mean, it was dumb, and you know it, it didn't pay much. And and but it, it, every year I was like, yes, yes, I'm coming back. Yes, that's thank you awesome. very much. And I just remember like you know hanging out with Stan one time, and and just both of us completely dead tired. Like, Why do we do this? What? Why do we do that every year? Why do we do this? We, why do we do this? You know, and I, I figured it out. You know, I was like, why do we do this? And one year I went back and said, Stan, the reason we do this is because it changes our lives. Ah, uh, so beautiful, right? Every single time, you know, and it, you know, I don't know. It's it's one of these things you think. You know, I've, I've done it every year. It's going to go on forever. Of course, it's not going to go on forever. Nothing goes on forever. And you could kind of see the writing on the wall. You know, some, some people getting older, getting more tired. And, you know, the, the, the attendance was going down. The cooperation with the facility wasn't what it used to be. All these kinds of things. And, the, and there was one year where we were up against the piano faculty for their event. And there was all sorts of construction going on in the building. So, you know, the spaces were all different and it wasn't, it wasn't as smooth. And it was kind of like, oh, this is, this doesn't feel right, you know? And then the next year yeah. it was like, hey, you know, maybe, maybe we just don't do it this year, right? And then it never came back. Then it never had, ah, oh, man. And, and I kind of knew, but it was, you know, it's one of those things again, what, as it's going on, you just assumed every, you know, and yeah, you have that time and next it's... year we'll do this, you know, and, and, and yep. then suddenly there was no next year. And I remember that was, you know, that first year would, that we didn't have it. It was very strange. It was really, yeah, yeah. really strange. And even even now, it's like in July, I have to remind myself. Oh no, I'm not. I'm not going to Cincinnati for two weeks in July this year. You know. Oh man. So, but those, well, you those know, events I, are I, so much fun. So they cool. are. I did a workshop for 14 years in the summer. It was performing in Visual Arts Northwest, which is a Loudoun County thing. Oh you yeah. Know, I, I was I was lucky to have a lot of ties to Loudoun County because of Shenandoah, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. During my master's, I started teaching. I taught it for 14 summers in a row and it's still going on, but oh, cool. it led me to get to do, um, do there, you know, the big Loudon. um, I've done some adjudication and workshops yeah, yeah. and got to go up there for the all County stuff and that kind of thing. But all the stuff I've talked about, I was going to say, like, when you talk about your Cincinnati thing, it's really, none of this stuff is about me. It's all about, it's, it's just for me, I just get to be with these kids and students and people yeah. and like, it's, it's really, it's all about what they give to me, not what sure. I give to them. It has sure. nothing to do really with what I give to them. It's yeah. just about creating that community and feeling a part of that and feeling yeah. how music can infuse 
uh, you know, I can infuse that energy and that love and, you know, all the healing that happens and the connections like you and me, we've had how many connections during this interview, you know? Yeah. That's the beauty really, of it. Really strange. Yeah. 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 So, that's the beauty yeah. of it all. And I, I grew up, you know, another one, you know, like speaking of Loudoun County, I, I grew up in Prince William County, Virginia, which is wow. right, right next to Loudoun County. So, you know, yeah. it's, it's, it's been interesting for me to have moved away. I mean, I haven't been there for years, but to see how that area has exploded, you know, with, with guitar activity and especially guitar activity, to, you know, um, what am I trying to say, focused on young people. You know, I mean, yeah. when I was a kid, it was a desert. It's like, I, I would have, oh my gosh, I would have loved to have had those kind of opportunities. I know, I know, that, me you know, too. Kevin's doing there and it's like, wow, this is, you know, and it's right there. It's like, man, I was there. That's awesome. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I know. Growing up, all I had was albums. Leona there Boyd albums and Christopher Parkening albums. You know what I mean? Right. David Russell yeah. albums, you know? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you were. Yeah, I mean, I was. I was. At least I was close to like a, a major metropolitan area, but still, you know, it's like, yeah, yeah the, the, in terms of being a guitar, most of the people that 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 I knew when I was a kid, you know, mostly in high school, and it was by far the most important thing in my life. I, I like, you know, lived, breathed everything guitar. I started playing classical when I was ten, and like, wow, it was everything, you know, and and. But most of the people that I went to high school with didn't even know that I play guitar, which is hilarious, you know? Yeah. And and I think about that now. And every once in a while, I'll, I'll run into somebody from high school, and they're like, oh, what are you doing now? And, you know, I tell them, and they're like, I didn't even know you play guitar. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> wow. So it, but I, I, just, I think about that now, you know, and, and what, what opportunities those, those kids have in that area. And it's fantastic. So cool. So very yeah. cool. So, yeah, we've expanded for sure. Yeah. You've got a busy summer coming up. <laughs> I do. I do. I'm excited. I'm only, I leave Monday, so I'm excited. Yeah. Do you have any time off before the school year starts? Yeah, you know, I'll oh, be God. done August 6th, and I'm okay. going like, to so, so crash. And my rule of thumb, <laughs> no major projects, man. No major projects between August and I don't even know when my next major project will be. Just gonna chill well, have, this you have, semester. You have to let me know what it is. So I okay, know, okay, okay. We'll you're, do that. Well, it's, you know, again, speaking of Claire, it's like she used, she used to describe some people as they're a real bouncing ball. I remember just she might have described me as that, <laughs> as that, but that was one of her her favorite sayings about um, you know people who are very active. He's a real bouncing ball. Got to keep an eye yeah. on him. Yeah, <laughs> so, <laughs> you're a real bouncing ball. <laughs> oh, That's I love great. That. It's fantastic. So. Is there anything else you think we should talk about? I mean, I think we've covered a lot. Yeah, um, I think so. I just really appreciate the opportunity to talk to you and yeah, uh, and and want to thank you again for what you do because you know we are a small world and it's so yeah. cool to be able to just been so learn about new people fun. that I don't it's know sometimes so and then learn more fun. about people that I already think I know but I don't really until yeah. I hear you well, talk to them. Say the same thing about you now. Uh. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Really appreciate it, Cammie. It's been great, great having you here. And we will, we will catch up some other time. Uh, thank you so much, Carl. You have a good rest of your summer. This is Carl Woolwind of Columbus Classical Guitar. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Guitar on My Knee podcast. For more information and past episodes, please visit ColumbusClassicalGuitar.com or Carl Woolwind Guitarist on Facebook.